And hello, everyone out there in Facebook, podcast everywhere land, you lasso-holics, you. And welcome back to Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fancast from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois. And we are live over them social medias today, folks. I'm Jeremy Geckner, as always. And today we are breaking down the finale of season one. And an, an episode this momentous means a huge Huge live event and a big crossover of sorts here on the Fur Row Network. So, um, but always, as uh, as always, joining me uh, here, my intrepid co-host, Mr. Craig McFarlane. What's up, Craig? Hello. How are you doing tonight, Jeremy? I'm doing good, man. I ate my dinner about ten minutes ago, and uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling like I'm I'm energized and ready to do the hope that kills you right now, man. You are a late eater. You know, I don't I know if I could eater. do that. It would be, it would like tr- throw off my whole routine. I don't know how I feel about any of that. Yeah, well, when you got. Give me that early bird special. Sarah and I are playing man defense with the kids. So, I mean, like you just got to go and eat where you can at this point. But um, we're burying some leads here because we got two other boxes on this uh, Zoom thing here. And we got to let people know who's joining us. So you met him during my broadcast of uh, birthday breakdowns. Uh, he is the legendary voice of Tedisms, um, but today he's just normal. The host of <laughs> Convince Me with Larry Smith on the Front Row Network, Mr. Larry Smith. What's up, man? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. And I uh I like I like the term legendary. It's yes. more infamous, I think, is probably a, a more appropriate term. Exactly. But... Well, you can be legendary Wait a for many. Jeremy, I, I thought it was contractually obligated that he do some Sam Elliott here for us. I know, uh, I know. throughout we're, this podcast. We're definitely just, gonna get there. I mean <laughs> Yeah, you just you just let me know and I'll uh, I'll I'll do my best. I uh this is I've got raspy road voice right now from <laughs> being up in the frigid Arctic that is Wisconsin all last oh, week nice. so the land of my was... people i love it uh it, why maybe you can answer why all the roundabouts <laughs> uh, why do you they're they're awful they're a terrible thing and and um wisconsin I, is a is a beautiful country and you need to make sure that people earn the right to be there by dealing with endless roundabouts <laughs> it, it, well it's, on a highway uh-huh. Jeremy on a highway. Oh, yeah. There's a roundabout. I'm oh, going yeah. 70, and all of a sudden it was like roundabout, and I was drifting sideways. Like I was like it was in Fast and Furious. Yeah, that's a that's a part of thing. like the driving system up there. You have to be able to Tokyo drift to get your driver's license up there, I, and so I, certainly I didn't way. know you could drift a Prius, but I sure did. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to get into all of this Tokyo drifting and Wisconsin talk. That you know, Ted Lasso will be secondary, folks. But let's get to the real star of the podcast here, uh, Miss Nicole Sylvester, um, also known as Larry's wife. What the heck? What's up? Hi! Thanks for letting me come play in the sandbox. That's right. Debuting on Peanut Butter and Biscuits. Your your husband's yeah. been on well, literally every episode because of Tedisms. Uh, but you know, <laughs> yes, that's first true. first time breaking down an episode as himself, and now you as well. Uh, so say hello to all the Lasso Holics out there. Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is awesome. It's it's so fun to to be a part of something I've been listening to since the beginning. And nice. It's a little bit scary. Yeah. It's always fun to know that people listen to us. Uh, <laughs> even our <laughs> friends. Um, but I don't know. Is there a standard like uh, question we can ask her, Craig? I mean, what should we put her on the spot? What's your favorite episode or something like that? Sure. It's got to be favorite episode. Oh, Kira, Kieran's here. He said he was going to be at work, but he got off work in time. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Hey. Hey. Comments. <laughs> we got Kieran watching in Australia. Hi, like, hi buddy. Nice Look, to it's see you. My celebratory lights. 
Yes. <laughs> there we go. You got off work. Hopefully you still have a job and you didn't just walk out because of us. Okay. No, we got to ask what's your favorite yeah, episode. Favorite episode, Nicole, on the spot. Uh, well, this one, I, oh. I wanted to do this episode specifically because there were scenes in it that made it my favorite, but I adored the Christmas episode. Oh, I loved yes. it. <laughs> and I love the, the Christmas short too. That was so fun. Yeah. The missing mustache. I liked that too. Yes. It was cute. <laughs> Full on claymation, not not CGI at all, which is just so fantastic. Baller. Uh, if any of you know claymation, it takes forever. So that was that was a lot of really good <laughs> True stuff. True labor of love. Yeah, exactly there. Um, well, before we get into the episode, uh, the season one finale, just so much stuff to talk about in this episode. And there's four of us. Um, Craig, do we have any housekeeping right off the top that we want to get to here? Well, as I mentioned, we turned this around pretty quickly. We did all of our housekeeping last Thursday. It's only mm -hmm. now Monday night, and we are talking to you again about the hope that kills you. So, you know, I think I don't have too much housekeeping other than to say this is the end of our recaps, yes. Jeremy. So oh, are no. we just going to take... Are we just going to take five months off here until the season begins? Is I mean, that what we're going to do, or yeah, as far as I can see, there's here? like there's like three big options here. All right, we can do all of the episodes again. We can. Oh, God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we can, yeah, just do take, it backwards. Take now. five months off like that and not do anything. Um, we can just end the podcast here and just be done. Um, or the fourth option, which is come up with some really cool specialty episodes that can just keep us all satiated until season three. I think it's going to be. Number four. I got to say, you're really good at counting to three because you said that there'd be three options. <laughs> I thought of a fourth one in, in there. That yeah. Fourth one in there. But no, I, I, I do think we will have some special content for you. We're actually uh, reaching out to some other content creators in the mm -hmm. Ted Lasso space, and we're going to hopefully bring some of that to you too, just to give you some highlights of some things that we are looking at. We already did mention that Lou Hare said, he loves Survivor, and we all love Survivor, too. So there's a Brant Steel simulation game that will allow you to put Ted Lasso characters into Survivor. And so I think we are going to break that, that down. <laughs> I cannot yeah, wait to see that. what the results of that are. This is going to be so Speaking of Lou Hare, we are also, and I don't want to announce the guests for this yet, just in case it doesn't quite work out, but we are. We love our brackets at the Front Row Network, and we are working on a bracket for Ted Lasso to come out in March at some point. And then I mentioned last week that uh, we need to figure out this Ted Becca thing. We need to understand <laughs> what people, why people are driving to it. And so uh, Tori and Kevin from their soulmates, I think we're going to join them at some point in the near future too. And then of Oof. course, we are going to go out there and try to find some interviews for you and things like that to bring you some Ted Lasso news and just keep this going. I don't know necessarily that we will be a weekly show yeah. <laughs> from here until the season premiere, but I do promise that we will be bringing you out some new content and we are really appreciative of everybody that continues to check us out we really do uh, appreciate all of you for checking us out for sure yeah and along the way there is we have a pretty good working relationship with apple now um so like uh dropping in our feed um later this week i did some interviews with the cast of their new drama suspicion um so you might see one of those every once in a while pop up in our feed um if apple has some new shows coming out um but uh, other than that yeah we're gonna figure it out guys and we're gonna go on this journey together um all right I think that's it, guys. I think it is time to get into the rundown of The Hope That Kills You. So, as always, folks, spoiler warning is in effect. <laughs> Larry just started laughing. Did you just do a spit take? Uh, just about, yeah. I almost almost did a spit take. Um, it's, bu it's the bubbles, right? It yeah, is, it's, the, it's bubbles. the bubbles. It's <laughs> definitely the Never, bubbles. I don't expect the bubbles. It's... <laughs> 
Y'all have bubbles in your water. Nobody ever um, expects the spoiler alert. It's fun. <laughs> I I just love that for a show that we've already done the yeah. second season of. <laughs> you've gone all the way into it with spoiler alert. You haven't gotten around to it, but you're listening to the podcast. Absolutely. Spoiler well, alert. You know, the, the impetus for this was we had a discussion about how, well, really, if someone, we've completely screwed this up for listeners right. because- <laughs> If someone is just now starting Ted Lasso, they really shouldn't listen to our first season episodes until they're done with season two. Yeah. So exactly. we've yeah. created this conundrum of sorts. And uh, that's that's why we thought throwing a random spoiler alert sound effect. Also cool. Covers the bases. Effect, I love but it. But yeah. it, it kind of <laughs> just covers us entirely. Uh, so then that way, if someone's watching just the first season and we spoil something from the second season, we can be like, but, but we kind of told you. We told you, man. Y'all should know. Uh- <laughs> See, and these guys are professional podcasters. They have they have like a soundboard there where they can make do the sound drops <laughs> right while they're doing it. And me, I'm just over here like a Foley artist from the <laughs> 1920s doing my best over here you know see larry larry There's a, a horse approaches <laughs> larry is a comedian so i feel like uh, every time he makes a joke we should just give him a nice one of these there you go ah. oh that's great that's great all I right love i love it all right i think it's time to get into some stuff here folks so spoiler warning of course in effect the hope that kills you our episode starts with our favorite kit man nate as he is heading into the clubhouse to do his duties so to speak um but all of a sudden he sees that everything's already done the boots are already clean the towels are already out what the hell is this and we meet our get our first meeting of will our new kit man and i don't know about you guys but i seriously did think i was just like wait what the hell is this like thing like dude, nate's, <laughs> nate's a great kit man what's happening Happening here, And so as Ted comes in on the phone, all concerned, uh, Nate is asking uh, he and Higgins what's going on. And Rebecca comes into the room pretty lackadaisical. And Nate, man, showing some backbone, calling her a little shrew here, saying that she did this. But of course, this is all an act, people, because Rebecca knows Nate's name now. She had to sign, put it on his new contract. That's right. Nate the Great has been promoted to coach. And all the team is there. They do a great little bat mitzvah push up on him. Uh, without the chair and of course then ted and beard give him a whistle in a nice little ceremony that of course he blows on the inside you just can't do it nate you just cannot do it before we launch into our title sequence here so look there's a lot of feelings about nate after season two but guys i don't know about you but this just warmed my heart so much the first time i saw it i thought this was such a great triumphant moment newbies let's start with you guys nicole what did you think of this opening of uh episode 10 here well, but the first note I had about this is I don't rewatch series. So this was my first time rewatching this episode. So when I watch something, I watch it all the way through. I don't go back. I don't revisit it. So having watched this episode after having been through everything in season two, mm-hmm. it was a real gut punch of yeah. being like, they treated you so well. Ugh. They loved you. They celebrated you. And then you go and do everything you do in season two. How dare you? You know, it's like Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I mean, wait, what? what? No, oh, sorry, sorry. Wisconsin talk, sorry. people. We loved you, Aaron. We loved you. Oh, my God. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Larry, what's your thoughts on this opening? Uh, well, I, again, it's hard not to, after having seen all the way through and then going back and rewatching, seeing, no, realizing that that scene where he turns on Rebecca and snarls like an angry little dog mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you see that glimpse of what nate is has the potential to become absolutely um 
and you know in in the i think you know if i remember the first viewing of it remembering being like why is he i mean i understand being shocked and upset but why <laughs> why would you respond like that and but now it's so tainted mm-hmm. from 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 season two where I, Ooh, he does that and i'm like oh you little bastard oh they shouldn't have done they, they should do nothing good for you you little jerk <laughs> Well, you are kind of mirroring here uh, what uh, Dale Spoon uh, has said in our uh, chat here that says that this is the episode that starts Nate's downward spiral in a way, um, which is interesting. I mean, I guess you could say that like he's getting his first taste of like some success here. And ultimately, that is what goes to his head. Right. But uh, Craig, what are your thoughts on this opening? I don't know if I would agree that it's necessarily the start of his downward spiral because he has kind of showed us in the past episodes that his uh, ability to maybe take things a step too far, right? His uh, speech that he's given in Make Rebecca Great Again and all of that, um, it, it's very tough for the team to be able to take that. I remember like just thinking about like the camera panning to Taheeb Jamo when he says Sam, and then Sam just goes, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <And> so <laughs> oh, no. we do know that Nate has this ability within him, but I do love seeing the team kind of gathering around him and elevating him in a way that he would have never dreamed of at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And that's why I think as fans, we are so tough on Nate because he's really living his dream here. I mean, remember the very beginning of the season, he's not expecting any of them to remember his name. And in mm-hmm. fact, he even tells Rebecca, oh, you remembered my name. And she said, well, I had to, I had to put it on the contract, you know, but just the, to go from there and then to see what happens in season two, I think that that's why we have such a uh, connection to Nate. And I I do think that, you know, to go back to our interview with uh, Mel and AJ, she said something that I've been thinking about a lot in the time since that interview aired. And that is that we see Rebecca kind of the inverse of this. We see her start off as sort of our evil antagonist character. And certainly by this episode, she is now someone that's sort of reformed and that we really enjoy and will enjoy going on to season two. Well, what if she had started the way she did at the end of this season And then we saw her dive into that like major league subplot and trying to tank the team and not caring about really anything but destroying what Rupert loved. Mm -hmm. Then maybe we'd have a different uh, thought on her too. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. This this show, of course, has multiple layers, and we're going to be able to talk about Nate all the time, uh, especially going into season three and in our predictions episodes and things like that. I'm starting to, to think, you know, what my thoughts are going into season three and because they are going to start filming like next week. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see this scene in the context of season two, for sure. Yeah. Well, and something else that, that I noticed is he, he, even when everyone was being nice to him and raising, he still had to poke at Colin poor colin yeah and had to make a joke at colin's expense mm-hmm. um, and again he's and he's terrible to will that. he's terrible yeah. Yeah. he's, he's oh. never nice to will like that's what i noticed about this too i was like god right off the bat he's just a jerk to will and he never improves <laughs> oh man it's such a bummer um but yeah i mean like it's 
it, it is interesting that like because I'm I'm toying around writing this article right now about because I've seen so many people say like well look they redeemed Jamie and you know very quickly I think Craig you you said that uh, a couple of times but it's like there is there's reasons why that's the perfect metaphor and why it's not the perfect metaphor because you know Jamie we uh, insert on him being an asshole um, but you know like Nate we grew up with just this timid little kid that we want to protect and then that just turns on us like that so there are some similarities and some differences but this definitely does feel like a beginning of something here i don't know if it's the upward before the downward or if it's just the down now but um it, it definitely hurts <laughs> in season two. funny that we said funny that we spend so much time in the season finale and both season finales talking about the same character and <laughs> uh, you know jeremy i guess if you want to disagree um you know i guess Larry can just continue on if you want, and then I can see my way out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But, but no, this is a great pre-opening. I love the team coming together, and I do love that enthusiasm that they have going into the Man City game, and they're going to need every ounce of that enthusiasm and, dare I say, that hope. Oh, yeah, but as we know, it's the hope that kills you, dude. Anyway, after our Marcus Mumford opening, yeah, um, it is time for Roy to give some harsh truth to Ted and Beard here, which is that the captain has to be in the starting lineup. So per the rules, he has to choose a new captain. <laughs> I just This is everything I love about Ted Lasso so much because he, <laughs> Ted just keeps refusing to. He does magic to get, get the point across, <laughs> which, of course, Ted knows magic. Why wouldn't he? Um, and uh, this also leads to one of those great memes of beard just be like ah! and everything like that but uh, of course also one of the the big things here is that we learned that roy does have some little affection for for ted and beard here just a little <laughs> bit out of there um but we're also going to go into the press room here um where they're talking about how it's like every other game um and <laughs> really isn't though it really isn't like every other game because if they lose of course they get relegated and i love this conversation guys because this is an explanation of what relegation is in the premier league i've been a premier league fan for a long time so i've known what this is and it is forever forever bugged me <laughs> that american sports don't have something like this because <laughs> as like the second beard looks at them after they ask what they do in america and beard says they don't have this and he says no it's dumb it really is dumb. Like this, this, this makes all the sense in the world. But for those who might not have remembered what it is, literally, if you do bad for long enough, you get sent down to a, a minor league of sorts, and you have to play your way back up into the major league of sorts. This is something I wish American sports had. I really do, because all you do, like, there's no consequences for sucking for so long in American sports, except for I guess the fans finally abandoning you, which sort of sucks for the fans when you think about it. But but. The, um, Detroit Lions still tell, sell tickets. So I don't know if that's even I, the case. Yeah, and they still sell for like billions of dollars. But um, either way, um, they show a video of Jamie uh, reacting. Um, and it looks like Jamie's going to be a little high road at the start. But, of course, he gets in his own way like he always does. And uh, Isaac throws the chair at the TV, which I don't know if it's going to be a tennism, guys. But the the what he says and what Roy says to each other is great. Um, I think Isaac just says, like, slip, didn't it? And Roy's just like, well said um again foreshadowing what we're gonna see there so uh what do you guys think of the uh captain choosing and the interactions here with the team um as they prepare for this man city game uh craig let's go to you first it's i love that ted gives the 
uh, responsibility to change over who will be the captain of the team to Roy, because mm. it's really starting to set him up in that coach's mindset. Right. I think that this is a long game for Ted that he doesn't want to necessarily see Roy Kent leave football forever. And so we're going to see him drag him, literally <laughs> drag him limping onto the pitch in the next season as he becomes uh, one of the coaches of AFC Richmond. And so I love seeing that. I also completely you know, tangent to everything else. I like, you see that beard meme all the time. And I, I totally forgot it was from this episode. <laughs> yeah. and so when I saw him go, Oh, you know, I was just like, it's perfect. I love like picking up on those things and revisiting those things uh, because it'd been a minute since I've actually went back and rewatched season one. I did so many times in 2021, but this is the first time I've seen this episode. And I don't know, probably since season two had uh, started. So it's just really cool to be able to like go back and catch those little things as we go on. I also do love that they're trying to motivate. They're showing Jamie talking bad about the team and that the team has coalesced in such a way that they are going to be able to use that as motivation, that trash talk to move forward and to try to beat Man City. I absolutely love that they're going to take that approach as a team. It really shows that whole idea of a team united, which is what Rebecca called them uh, in two aces, right? So it's really that whole amalgamation of everything that we had going on to this season. The fact that they have this dopey American coach that none of them really want to listen to. And now look at them in this press room, preparing for this game and getting really uh, this great talk about relegation and what it's going to mean to them. But then also Ted still allowing them a little bit of brevity and really motivating them to get going in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Nicole, what about you? I love the, the back and forth, uh, you know, with between Ted and Roy with, you know, Ted, you have to choose. Um, it was a nice um, quick banter. It's, it's a really a testament to the writing and the acting and the quick comedic sensibilities. Um, I thought it was a nice scene. And it was also really nice that, um, you know, Ted as a coach knows when to step back and, and, and let his players rise to the occasion of, you know, Roy, it's, it's on you. It has to be on your shoulders. And I thought that was a really nice moment of, you know, him not having to micromanage everything. It's, it's, it's nice to see him uh, allow people to just, you know, play to their strengths. Mm, absolutely. Larry, what about you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going to mirror everything you all just said. Just the, the, the looks on, on Beard's face as they start where he's going, and he puts his his <laughs> his chin in his hands and is like oh and Ooh. and watching that whole exchange i mean it's it's great um and when he uh, roy said you, you know you 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 make it hard to love you mm-hmm. you know it's that and I, I love jamie calling uh ted a rodeo clown yeah. which is it made i catch i caught that detail because part of my my comedy bio, um, I, a friend of mine uh, gave me a quote, which was, you're like a failed rodeo. You're like, you're like getting wisdom from a failed rodeo clown. Nice. And so, <laughs> you know, I picked up, I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. Um, that's a hell of a compliment. It really is. I'll, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I pretty much, like I said, I'm just parroting everything that, that everyone said. I, and Nate, I, I, Nate blowing the whistle in the in yeah. the room again and everyone's like S- just stop but it's it's like it, i don't know it, it, it we're 
talking about it again but him getting that little bit of power mm. and now he's going to use it every chance he's like a kid that was bullied that grows up to become the worst cop in town mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know he they gave him a whistle instead of a gun and it'd probably be better off if they had given him a gun because then everyone would be out of their misery yeah oh, goodness. <laughs> there you go <laughs> I don't have dark anything to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went to a dark place. Yeah. Why don't we go to the Crown and Anchor, Jeremy? Yeah, that's a much better place. Um, <laughs> well, and this is a great conversation, though, too, because it does explain the relegation system a little bit more, that there is the Premier League and then the Championship League, which still sounds pretty good to Ted, um, because it does, man. You want to still be in the Championship. Um, but uh, this is also where uh, Baz, Jeremy, and Paul uh, actually come up to Ted to kind of thank him for for trying uh for you know that it went better than they thought it would and everything but they're playing the mighty man city nothing like you know they can't win that so they're gonna get relegated um and ted just doesn't get this ted doesn't understand because he comes from the american culture of of underdogs and and the miracle on ice and all these other things um and you know this is of course where we get the line of the episode where may says you know it's the hope that kills you which is an interesting phrase to break down um when you think about it um but let's th- let's do that let's think about it nicole what do you think of this scene with these guys um who literally do nothing but torment ted this entire season and finally are like oh thanks for trying dude it's it's a very british of you know hey you tried good job but you know don't get your hopes up too much because there's 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 no optimism no. in britain it's just it's always like you're just waiting for the shoe to drop you're always waiting for the next tragedy to come along and and this scene really plays to that keep calm and carry on right i mean it's yeah, like yeah. The, that stiff upper lip that that whole idea like that's what that's what we as americans like that's immediately what i think of when i think of brits and so this whole idea it's the hope that kills you well if you're not hopeful then don't worry you're not going to be as broken hearted when something doesn't go your way and i'm totally the opposite way right like i'm always like that guy that's like invested too much in something and then it does <laughs> It does knock me down a peg. It takes a minute to build it back up, but then <laughs> the the hopeless optimist in me is going to jump out there and then go out there again and root for that team or root for that outcome and try for something else. And so I'm not painting all English like that, but you know, like I think that uh, that's the stereotype that we get, right? That that whole idea of keep calm and carry on. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And well, I mean, in the sports context, too, this is funny because Craig and his brother Ryan and I have a chat that we're all in for Packer games. And like Craig and I routinely while we're watching Packer games are just like, oh, we're going to lose. This is it. That's it. They're going down the field. And his brother Ryan is always like, guys, just calm down. Like, you know, we're going to figure out a way to win this. Most of the time, Ryan's right. Um, He wasn't against the 49ers. But the thing about it is, though, he really wasn't. No, the thing about it is, though, is like, as a sports thing, like that is like the the whole point of that phrase, isn't it? It's the hope that kills you. Is like when you are expecting the good things, when you're expecting you know something good to happen, it makes it that much more painful when it doesn't. Now it does presuppose though that something bad is going to happen when that's not always the case. Um, so it's an interesting thing. But you know, in terms of this game in the sports, they are taking on the mighty Manchester City. I mean, for those of you who don't know, the last couple of years. Man City has been a juggernaut in the Premier League. I mean, they're up by like 
14 points in the Premier League this year in the standings. So, I mean, like, it, it is kind of a hopeless situation when you think about it, but that is the beauty of sports, isn't it? On any day, anybody can beat anybody, um, you know? Any any given Sunday, right? There you but, go. You know, <laughs> it, like, I, I think that that thread is very much like Baz, Jeremy, and Paul. And so I did ask the folks watching, and a couple of them responded that they would love to go and have a drink with Paul out of the three of them. Okay. Does anybody else have any other contrary uh opinions to i i think baz would be a lot of fun honestly like i he seems like the guy that's like ready to go out there and and fight for whatever he wants and <laughs> I, I feel like that could be a really fun night i mean look at beard after hours he seems like he's, he would have a good time but uh but yeah. marita and also uh kieran both say paul i don't know like any any thoughts from the panel here yeah larry what about you who are you drinking with uh, whoever's buying. <laughs> the simplicity Paul, is actually. gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I just I I love the the I know we haven't gotten there yet, but just the the, the hug for good luck. I love that guy. Uh-huh. He's just because yeah. he is he is hopeful, but all then right. his friends come along and knock him down a peg all the time. He's like, oh right, I gotta. Gotta oh, be a gotta jerk be, about gotta stuff. Be mean oh. to you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, he's 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 a big old teddy bear. He seems like he'd be he seems like he'd be fun for a little bit, but then after a while he'd be like, All right, dude, let's just shoot darts. We're I'm done talking about my feelings. And the the other guys seem like they would be like you're talking about your feelings no we're not we're not doing that. So I think you get it's it's part and parcel. I think you gotta do all of them. Yeah. If you're going to if you're going out, if you're going out with one, you got to you got to drink with all of them. Yeah, absolutely. And the boys are great. I'm drinking with May. There you go. (laughs) That is the correct answer. That is the correct answer. And I love how they frame her on this, too. They're like, do you remember the title? It's like it's like when that when you're like watching a musical or a movie or whatever, and a character says the title of the episode <laughs> or the movie, and you're just like, ah, they did a thing. And like, so I love how the titular they, line. Yeah. I, like, I love how they like, they pan over to her and then she's like, well, Ted, as you know, it's, it's the, the hope, hope that, that kills, kills you. you. <laughs> and I mean, it's just like, it's so well delivered. You know, a show that is notorious for that is Yellowstone. They always have these really weird, obscure titles in that series. And they always show up like thirty you minutes. You mean in. Sopranos for rednecks? Yeah. I, I, call, seen I it called yet. it. I called it Old West Game of Thrones, but I like that a lot more. Okay, all right. <laughs> Either one. Um, but oh, folks, great. we're not staying in the Crown and Anchor for long because we got a coaching session at Ted's apartment where they are trying to come up with uh, the scenarios of how they stay in there. And this is like Nate actually gives them like this out where if they tie them and the other team wins, I, I can't. Remember, I think it's Crystal Palace if they win by like five goals. Horrible vodka yeah horrible vodka there you go um but if they win i think it's actually six goals if they win like six nil they can they can you know eke it out with a tie um and of course ted says no absolutely not the very american thing no ties um no ties ever and something like that but uh when nate says that it is hopeless to win against man city this is of course where ted goes and gets his mini belief sign that he says he puts all over his apartment because why not of course he does but i did notice this though it's like he holds that sign in front of nate's face for a pretty long time time and of course we do know who murders the believe sign at the end of season two um which you're is, being so hard on nate i still oh, can't man. forgive you him just, for this murder man nate but brought it, this on himself it is funny you, that they like linger on that shot for quite a bit it makes me wonder if they knew something there um but um of course uh 
you know, this kind of leads to uh, an air of hopelessness with Ted as well, which leads him straight to Rebecca's office where he gives her the eyes. Like, if I lose, if we get relegated, like, you can fire me, you know, like you need a fall guy and everything like that. Um you know, but she she gives him the great idea, though, is like that the reason why you're such a great coach is you see this game like nobody else does. And this, of course, leads Ted to his trick play scenario. But before we get to that, um, what did you guys think of the scene in the apartment and uh, the scene with Rebecca here? Uh, Larry, let's start with you. Well, uh, I think, again, it's just it's a it's a good uh, showcase of each of the characters and how Nate is super hangdog sad boy. <laughs> um you know he's just no we can't it's good we're gonna get killed and yeah. ted's like optimistic to a fault um and beard is that guy in the middle that's bringing that's holding all the strings and holding everything together it's just a real good showcase of those characters mm. here's what though i want to point out ted's hair <laughs> have you but throughout the entire series they whoever is doing the hair design is genius mm -hmm. because when ted is stressed or like when he's having the panic attacks his mm -hmm. hair falls down. Flops down when yeah. when he is like stressed or manic or a little upset and he's got to get that finger going that one strand comes mm -hmm. down jason sudeikis's hair is just as good of an actor as anybody else <laughs> in that show um and that was the first thing on the rewatch that i noticed is when he's walking and his hair just poof, and mm -hmm. I would love to redemonstrate it, but obviously, yeah, go ahead. That's, no, that's we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and grow that out, and then yeah, hold on. No, I, it, just to throw this out there uh, because uh, Kevin brought it up in the chat, uh, and Kevin of Ted Lasso is life fame, by the way. Make sure to go out there and follow him on all the yeah. social medias. Um, but Nikki Austin is the hair and makeup designer for this show, and she is fantastic. Actually, she did a session on Lasso Con at LassoCon as well. Kevin interviewed her, and I believe that that's available on the LassoCon channel. So just wanted to get in all the plugs for Kevin. Uh, while I could. There you go, Nikki. Awesome. And while while you're trying to grow hair, Larry, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it yet? No, no. That's all right. I keep no. trying. No, but you bring up a, you bring up <laughs> such an excellent point because we even talked about that in uh, Make Rebecca Great Again and going back and watching him the first time he sits down to sign those divorce papers, he's ultimately not able to do so, and mm. he's oh, so disheveled when he's trying to do that. And then when you actually see towards the end of the episode he signs the divorce papers. That's when he is really put together. And so he's he's a character that wears his emotions so much on his sleeves throughout the panic attacks and everything else. But you even see that in the very first episode where he comes out of the shower, he's sitting in the shower and just like his hair is over his eyes. It's mm -hmm. whenever he, something is disheveled about his hair, you know that he has some kind of tension going on. That's mm -hmm. one of the, the cues that they give us as an audience that something just quite isn't right. And so I think that part of that is because you've got beard who really is the champion of all things lasso the last couple episodes we've seen him push back on that a little bit mm -hmm. uh, we certainly saw it last week and then now we see this where he's saying hey belief can't score goals yeah. you know that's 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 a hell of a line from beard to come and like how do you refute that if you're lasso so i think that he is kind of running up against this anxiety of relegation, something that he hasn't had to deal with before when coaching in America, where he's had some success, by the way. We talked about that last week as well, that he took Wichita State to the championship in their first season with him. So it's just, uh, I, I think that you're right. You're dead on right here, Larry, that, that Coach Lasso is having a bit of a moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of uh, belays that like he's starting to lose faith in himself, which is why he goes to Rebecca to give him this out. Uh, Nicole, what do you think of these two scenes here? Um, I like that um, Beard is trying to anchor the endless optimism. Um, he's trying to <laughs> yeah. make Ted see there are real with relegation. There's real consequences mm. if this doesn't go well. Um, and it, I, I'm with Ted. The tie thing in in soccer football, I've never <laughs> understood it. I'm not a football fan. And I just I'm like somebody has to win. It has to be. It's a very American mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and so to see Beard try to, you know, bring him back down, you then see that in the next scene where he is, you know, starting to maybe realize this may not be the miracle on ice situation. They may not <laughs> come out on top because it's not an American fairy tale. Yeah. I distinctly remember the first time I was trying to get into the world cup because I was playing like indoor soccer at the time. And, and there was one day and, and, you know, I might be quoting this wrong. This is maybe wrong in my memory. If someone's like a real premier league or world cup fan out there that you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it's just, uh, it, it's just really funny because like, I remember the, the first day of qualifying every match ended in a draw. And I was just like, wait, so you're saying that today couldn't have happened. And that would have been fine. Like, that's what I don't understand. <laughs> I watched this for how long for nothing to happen? Like, no, literally nothing has advanced here. Um, but you, you know, know what? Before... At that point, drop weapons right onto the melee weapons. Nothing. No firearms. Drop sure. them right on the field sure, sure. and make them fight it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, before I know you're going to move on here, Jeremy, and start talking about trick plays and things like that, before you do, notice what is on the table when they are having this coaching session. That's right. Open peanut butter. Open peanut butter, folks. We got to mention it every time. Peanut butter well, biscuits. Nick, Did I, didn't, I didn't take your fun fact about the after he leaves Rebecca's office. So. No, you can't. I mean, no. We're still, okay. All right. No, so, go ahead. Uh, I, what I love is, um, you know, when Ted's leaving her office and he jumps up and hits his head, Jason Sudeikis really hit his head and he had to get stitches. <laughs> oh, no. And he just kept going and. Like a boss. Just was very professional. Just kept <laughs> moving with the scene. As you should, man. As you but, should. I mean, if you go back and watch it, you see his head snap back as he hits the door jam. <laughs> What makes sense. Oh man, no, no, no good things can come out of that. But you know, like I, I think that that's part of the comedic timing of the show is that like, sometimes you get those moments and that's why we need to make sure that our editors that we talked to a couple of weeks ago, hashtag release the blooper reel. We need to get that going uh, on Twitter for sure. Yeah. Come on, AJ. Moss, I would get love those to see reels. just a full length movie of the bloopers from the series. <laughs> Although they did say like, there's not, there's not as many as you would think um, because they're very, they, they kind of work it all out in rehearsals. Um, but uh, let's get to the scenario here though, because this is a very, um, logical sports thing to do when you as a coach know that you're sort of overmatched talent wise against an opponent you do have to kind of find that x factor um at least talent on paper and so for ted this is of course coming up with trick plays now this is reminiscent i think of a college football game from a while back uh 2007 i think it was uh boise state versus oklahoma in the fiesta bowl here in college football and this was like a very small school against an absolute powerhouse football program 
And the Boise State Broncos ended up winning that game, utilizing a lot of trick plays. At the end of that game, they did a perfect hook and lateral uh, move to tie the game on the very last play. They used a damn Statue of Liberty play, which is like from the 40s, um, to win the game in double overtime. Um, you know, it's one of those things that's like that that is an actual logical strategy because what you're trying to do is, as they say, cause some chaos and disrupt the typical flow that that more overpowered team uh, experiences when they play. Um, it is what you're looking to do as a coach when you do this. And so, of course, Ted wants them to come up with um, all the trick plays they've ever learned in their entire careers playing football. Um, and there are some wonderful, wonderful names that come out of this. Um, I will read them off here, and we're going to see which ones we like here. But um, Well, well them... before you read them off, I, I wanted to give our audience out there oh, a yes. chance to chime in. So uh, Kieran says that uh, Beckham's Chodger is his favorite. It's pretty good one. Uh, Marita says Midnight Poutine. Always Kevin good. says Not Dirty. Um, <laughs> Kieran, uh, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. He was responding to Kieran's. So we've got a couple of, uh, of those out there as well. So they did uh, like some of the names that are out there. Yeah, here's, here's uh, the other plays mentioned here. Aside from uh, the Sandman, uh, that's one of them. We got uh, the lasso special, of course, which is put up there at the end. Uh, we got Pepper Shakers, Beckham's Todger, Midnight Poutine, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, The Broken Tap. Much like Dick Van Dyke, who has one of the best, best English accents, English accents of all history. time. Oh, my yeah, God. Absolutely. Uh, Loki's Toboggan, The Upside Down Taxi, Adrian's Wall, which might be my favorite, and uh, Dirty Martini. So let's get it, guys. Who, what's, what's our favorite trick play here? What are we calling um, at the end of this game? Nicole, which one are you calling? I, I don't know why, but Upside Down Taxi really just like struck me as, <laughs> yeah. as just something so absurd and funny. And these names are just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I will note that they actually used the Sandman in the lasso special in the game. But uh, Larry, which one are you calling? Uh, I got to go with, I'm going with the Upside Down Taxi. Yeah. I just, I want to know one. I just want to know what that is. I'm, I'm intrigued, <laughs> but also the broken tap. Yeah, I fascinated like give me the broken tap it sounds that sounds fantastic yeah absolutely craig what player are you calling hey come on you, you gotta love dick van dyke and the chitty chitty bang bang right <laughs> i want to see what that is like, i want to know if this involves a, a flying car the, being the on the field what are they gonna do you know is there gonna be some like is ron weasley involved in this as well <laughs> there in england i mean what what is gonna happen once this play is enacted actually i would love to see like the markup of all these different plays and like how they would go uh, <laughs> no. and, and it's just wonderful like to see this big old list and to see the team really get into it too because i love that he's like any trick play you've ever learned like this could be from your first day on the pitch when you were four years old like what is it that you want to put on this board and they do that and they don't question it and i love that about where they're at as a team yeah absolutely mine is always loki's toboggan uh, just because i think that's two of the best words in the english language probably um but i did tell them before uh we lost or before we came on to though that uh fantasy football this year i usually play like seven or eight teams and i named all of them after ted lasso plays so um loki's toboggan did win me an espn championship so thank you very much uh anders rosenfeld there so um for suggesting that one um, yeah loki's toboggan is actually on urban dictionary and i wouldn't suggest looking it up so <laughs> 
Well, we're just going to take your word for that. But um, <laughs> before we get to the game, we have to check in with uh, our favorite villain, Jamie Tart. Um, I do love that they bring back the ussy guy here at the barbershop. <laughs> I still think that's one of my favorite, like, just moments of lines um, in the series at the very first episode where he says, you know, like, oh, it's not a, it's not by myself, is it? You know, it's an ussy. <laughs> like, I think that's really great. Um, but yeah, he's talking about um, how you know, uh, he says that he was dumped by Richmond, but uh, this kid shows him clips of Ted Lasso talking him up and, and so talking about how much he likes Jamie and stuff like that. And Jamie thinks that he's playing mind games with him, which is just really funny to me. Um, but I guess from Jamie's perspective, that's how it is. He doesn't know what Rebecca knows. He doesn't, he, all he knows is he's been transferred away after he, you know, divulged all this personal stuff about himself and the next day he's gone, you know? So, I mean, I could understand why he'd be upset with that. But of course, when Jamie is having a crisis of confidence or a crisis of any kind, he goes running to Keeley. Um, and as he goes to Keeley's house, he finds Roy Kent at the door. And I don't know why, but the way they stage the scene with the three of them around this table, is just so fantastic. Um, these three actors are just so great and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it basically ends with, uh, you know, Jamie insulting Roy's age. Uh, as usual and uh, basically just leaving without uh, any kind of resolution for himself. So uh, what do you guys think of this uh, Jamie uh, Roy um, Keeley interaction here um, all the way through Craig, let's start with you. Important question. How short are Brett Goldstein's shorts in this? Are they, I uh, thought they were underwear. The, no, no, no. Is he wearing uh, boxers or no. like boxer briefs or no, what he's are they, wearing. Larry? He is wearing briefs. He's wearing bikini style briefs and it's a power move. It's a power move. It is a power he move. He gets a he doesn't know Jamie's coming over. He answers the door. Jamie Tart's standing there. Roy is just in his underpants and his, I believe, fried egg socks. Sure. And he's just like, nope, not putting on pants. Screw you. You oh no. You don't need to be over here. It's a power move. I loved it. Oh, it's it's so good. Roy Kent's the best. Well, it's so funny because like it was like this. This is the episode where they decided that they were going to go full thirst trap with uh, Brett Goldstein and Roy Kent, and they were going to be like, "We're going to let, we're going to have everybody love this guy." So you know, you get his hairy chest at the end when he takes off his shirt, and you get, you know, he's got like like one inch inseams on during this scene and he's got his legs crossed at the table. No, but it's so, it's so great. It's, I love like how, <laughs> I love how Juno plays this lot, this uh, whole scene because yeah. she's clearly trying to keep the two of them at peace with each other. So I appreciate that Roy has made her coffee while Jamie has brought her coffee. And then she takes Jamie's coffee and kind of dumps a little bit into Roy's yeah, coffee. That's, that's a great to, like, keep, it, keep it together. Both. Like, oh, it's so perfect how, he, how she does that. And then I like the idea of bringing them together because honestly, that's kind of what Keely has been trying to do with a lot of characters throughout this entire season and will go on to do in the second season is constantly trying to improve people and to bring them together and to try to bring them into the fold. And so I do appreciate that she continues to do that in this scene as well. It's just, I, it's perfect. Like you said, it, like it, it's set up so well uh, by how Roy's going to answer that door, how it's such a power move all throughout. And I really enjoy everything about this scene and the interaction that it brings. Yeah, absolutely. Nicole, any thoughts on this scene? Uh, I like the scene in the barbershop because I like that the ussy goober <laughs> shows up again in season two. Yeah. For at the dentist, he's. I think he's the dentist. Her son, son I think, or family yeah. member or something. But 
<laughs> and I wanted to mention, because uh, again, Kevin and Chad, like we, at some point we got to have this Ted Lasso is life guy on the show. Uh, but Kevin said that he had read an interview excerpt with Hannah Waddingham, where she says that Jason said he plans to call back the moments of the pilot in the finale of Ted Lasso. So his theory, maybe uh, we get the Ussy guy running onto the field at the end of the finale. I don't know <laughs> if they end up winning the whole thing, but uh, anyway, so that's, that's interesting that they keep bringing this guy back and they do that with several of these very extremely tertiary uh, bit characters, Ooh, extras, really. Word, I like it. <laughs> like they they bring these people back, like the and I'm I'm blanking on her name. And people in chat, please help me. Oh, uh, I'm blanking stone on stone him fans. The girl, the girl that uh, is always playing with Ted, like the girl that's always like oh, that god, at the, at the beginning either. of the series. Yeah. Oh god, is it Caroline or something? I like he says her name at some point, and I'm mm -hmm. blanking on it. But uh, she's she's constantly an extra or kind of this other character that we don't get a lot from, and we see her playing uh, when Sam is making his decision whether to stay or to go to Nigeria to play. Mm -hmm. You know, like so. There's just all these different inferences that they give to all these little side characters too that I absolutely love. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Shannon, folks, Shannon, like six people Shannon. told me it's Shannon. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I <laughs> they knew, could have I told knew you it was anything. Chat? I knew that they were going to come through for me. I mean, I knew so that too. They could have said know. Philip and you'd have been like, yep, that's hey, it. That's... <laughs> sure. I don't know where I got Caroline from. Uh, maybe it's because sweet Georgia Brown was playing in the scene before. I don't Perhaps know. so. But uh, we big, are getting big outcast fan is what you we are we are getting close to game time here, but we get a really sweet little scene here with uh, Ted uh, FaceTiming Henry um, before the game where he tells this great little, um, I don't know if you call it a metaphor, I guess, or a simile, um, but um, no, those of you like her ass. So a metaphor um, of basically coaching um, anything, most certainly coaching football, though, um, and fatherhood in terms of, you know, kind of you prepare as best you can. And then it's really up to the players <laughs> on the field um, to do what you what you want, because the clock never stops. So it's unlike all the uh, a lot of other sports where you can do timeouts and draw plays and, and stop the action. Um, soccer, football, it just keeps going. Uh, and you just kind of have to rely on your players that you've trained them up as well as you can here. Um, uh, that's before we get to the action actual match itself. So what do you guys, any thoughts on this scene? Uh, Nicole, you want to start us off there? Anyone who's ever tried to impart any sort of lesson to a kid, a young kid, and you're just pouring your heart out and they're just like, hi, I did this other thing. And you're just like, yep. cool. Yeah. I hope you remember. <laughs> or anyone or anyone that's ever tried to keep me on task on a formatted show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Too. Before we start I gotta break. I gotta things. break my rule. I gotta break my rule. I know I don't like uh, bringing up Tedisms before they happen, but like it's just so perfect. Like, <laughs> I drew like, a robot. How, how much of robot. that did you get before you checked out? I drew a robot. I drew a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just zero. So Absolutely so zero. Great. Yeah, but let's great. get to this match, buddy. Yeah, man, it is getting going, folks. So there is a ton of stuff to talk about here. Um, yeah, Keely um, and Rebecca are up in the box, and it's good to see Rebecca finally finally like in the you know richmond colors and and dressing like a, a proper fan of course this is kind of the first time where she actually gets that uh, gets to do that um but we get to also see a lot of things we get to see the crown and anchor folks uh, 
preparing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is where um, the the guy's talking about burning the pub down and everything if they win. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love this interaction with him and May where he's just like, I will channel my youth and enthusiasm into helping the community, which is so great. Uh, I just love that he had that phrase inside of him. But, of course, uh, also, though, I don't know if this is intentional, but like we see Rupert um, and new Rebecca here uh, just watching the game at home. Um, and for some reason, R- Rupert looks like a normal human being to me here. Like this really is like his actual team that he cares about as Rebecca has told us many times. But for some reason, like this is the first time I look at Rupert and I'm just like, Oh, that's a normal thing for a human to do, which is nothing that Rupert also ever does. So um, well, I don't know. And, and you know, that moment, actually this, I, again, I don't want to, front row lasso at gmail.com when uh you want to yell at me but it humanized rupert for me just a little bit and here's why yeah because he held up his end of the bargain at the dark game you yeah. know because he had said that bex was now a co-owner a minority share owner in the team he was going to be part of the owner's box he was going to be there bothering rebecca mm-hmm. well he lost to ted in that dark game and so i think it's a callback to that in my mind that he is actually not at the game because it ne- he didn't necessarily need to even be in the owner's box. Like he could have been at the pitch that day, mm. but I think showing him at his home again, in the slightest of ways kind of humanizes Rupert just a little bit for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I think correct me if I'm wrong, is he wearing a Jersey too, or is he just in regular clothes? I can't remember. Well, he's got his, he's got his, jersey. Yeah, yeah, and he's Rebecca. got his Mannion. He's got his number one Mannion Jersey right above him. Right. And his right, place right. well but yeah. i mean like it does kind of reiterate and i'm you know jumping the gun here but like at the end of this game like how devastated he is like it is just kind of like ah he's just a dude who really does love this team and he's sad just like everyone you know i don't know it is like the one time where i'm gonna let rupert you know not die in a lake of fire you know breathe from my mouth because he's the biggest asshole of all time but um you know <laughs> it is just very interesting there and then of course i love seeing the the family higgins go into the owner's box um just the, every time i get to see the higgins family priest higgins is great yes I, I oh love my higgins. gosh i, I love father higgins leslie. or not not leslie uh the oldest Oh, I don't even feminine remember. name. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember I mean, the but name I, I don't remember it. I don't remember his name actually. It's just the uh, just the father, the father Higgins. Yes, I love the, pre- the father Higgins. We're just gonna say, um, but of course, this leads us straight into an incredibly heartfelt moment here, where Roy sits down next to Isaac, and he just very nonchalantly hands him the uh, captain's armband, um, and I believe the line he says to him is "Never stop throwing chairs," um, which is great because you know when you think about what Nate said about Roy, what his superpower is, which was his anger that he played like he was angry and, and furious at the grass um and that's really what set him apart and i think that roy sees a little bit of that in isaac i think he sees you know a little bit of that toughness and that fury that you need to be a really great uh player on in the premier league and so i think that is why he he gets there um and so it is really really fun um but of course we also get a a great pregame speech here from ted where he talks about how you know, the hope that kills you and how he heard that. Um, but it's something that he just doesn't buy and that he thinks that it's okay to hope and that, that he also hopes that they're going to win the match. So um, what did you guys think of this pregame before we get right into the match itself? Uh, Larry, let's start with you. I, uh, I, no, you're 
I love the scene with all the Higgins family coming in. I love Rebecca turning and like, Jesus, how many kids do you have? <gasps> oh, I'm sorry, father. <laughs> and uh, and they do all have feminine names. They do all. And uh, Lindsay is the uh, priest. At least that's the thought from the, the chat. Thank um, you. And yeah, but a great scene between Isaac and Roy. Because there was, I mean, between those two guys, that is as... Um, as heartfelt as it was going to get in that moment just roy sitting close to him getting his attention because isaac is focused and um then him tossing him the uh the the armband the captain band and being like there you go that's yeah it's on to you Absolutely. I, and you know, like I love seeing the individual pieces come together on like how people are coming to the pitch and going into that match. Nicole, you got anything else to add or we're going to jump right into the next scene? No, I just, I liked the stayed, but still heartfelt transfer of power. Uh, it was, you know, it's a very guy way to approach it. <laughs> it is. It is. But let's start up the match and I'm taking over for Jeremy for a second because father things. So he just sent me a text and said, Hey, I got to go check on my kids. So <laughs> this is why I'm running uh, the show here for just a second. But at the match, Ted, wishes Jamie, good luck, which again, Jamie thinks is another mind game as well. And then uh, it's funny to see beard try to explain to Ted what offsides is. It just kind of paints this picture again, that Ted truly does not understand this game. And I'm right there with him. It's okay. I don't well, understand this game as a well beautiful callback to the original um short that they that they did where he is running up and down the pitch asking the the ref to explain <laughs> to explain offsides to him it's great and exactly. beard had having explained it with the condiments of the the i think he said the <laughs> vinegar and the ketchup bottle it, it was Absolutely. That's absolutely. And then uh, the team is going to try the Sandman play. They're going to try their trick play and it almost works out, but then uh, it doesn't quite score. So we are going to go into the half at nil nil. And I will. Jeremy has returned from his uh, fatherly duties. Yes. Yes. The baby is still alive. So that's good enough for me. Um, no, but there, there is. Um, I wanted to say just one thing about the Sandman is like as a, you know, avid premier league watcher, that play is tried quite a few times. Like the, the notion of like you send somebody up on a corner to like, look like they're going to kick it and then they just let it go through. It is actually a very effective play. Um, I've seen it done a few times. Never. I, I, if I remember right, there's like two or three times it goes through somebody's leg on this play. I've never seen it done that many times, but I've definitely seen like that trick shot where, you know, so one striker acts like they're going to do it so that the rest of the defenders behind him just start looking at the goal. And so leave somebody behind him open. Um, so it when is I an played soccer, play. it went through my legs plenty of times. Yeah, there you go. See, Larry was great at this game, yeah. <laughs> at, this, at this trick play here. Um, but yes, as Craig said, we are going nil nil at the half. Um, you know, uh, Nate, once again, or somebody brings up the idea of, you know, like, hey, you know, a tie can can get us, you know, in there if if this happens. I think somebody asked to check the, the score of the Crystal Palace game. And Ted's like, nope, we're not doing it. We're playing to win this game. Um, and this is interesting because he's going to put Roy back in at halftime here. And this is always something I thought that, like, they should have done anyway. It's just like you've got Roy Kent, this great player. I mean, like, if he doesn't have the legs to play a full game anymore, yeah, play him for a half. You know, <laughs> like, get him mm -hmm. back out there. And it definitely does. It just – it really um, – 
really re-energizes the crowd and I think it gets them, you know, because if you're watching nil-nil and everything, you're kind of just, again, expecting like, oh God, we're like holding back the tide, but how long can we do it? Um, I feel this every time I watch the Illinois Illini basketball team play and um, it's one of those things. Um, but as we get into the second half, actually Man City does go up one nothing in this and it does kind of lead to a deflation. Um, but then one of my favorite scenes, bar none in this entire series, Jamie Tart's going for a break away it's looking like it's going to be 2-0 and this is it and Roy Kent runs him down and provides a very clean tackle um, to get the ball out there is no penalty there Um, and I just love how they shot it I love everything about it but of course Roy is now very injured Uh, he says that he heard something go in his knee that he is definitely done Um, you know just from a sports perspective that sounds like some kind of ACL or MCL type thing Um, you know you tear one of those ligaments you are done Um, but uh, you you know, Sam gives him this same advice um, that he gave him uh, way back when in season one and tells him to stay down and listen to what everybody's doing. And of course, everyone's favorite chant, of the Roy Kent chant, which is my favorite sports chant of all time now, too. Um, and Roy gets to really show that appreciation. And I do love that they linger uh, on Jamie a little bit when this is happening. And so I think this is finally Jamie like understanding that it's not enough just to be good. You know, you have to, you have to do a little bit more. You have to be a little bit more to be loved by the fan base. Um, and I think that's something that's really hitting him right there in that moment as Roy walks off the field. Um, and of course the commentators are telling us, we think that this was probably the end of his career. They are of course, right in hindsight. Um, but because of that, um, you know, Roy has this really tender scene with Keeley where he's telling her to go away. He doesn't want her to see him vulnerable, but she refuses to leave and sits down next to him. Um, lots of stuff that happened there before we get to the very end of this game. Let's just open it up there. Uh, Nicole, what about you? What do you think of these uh, this rash of scenes here? Um, I love that, you know, Roy gets to walk away with his head held high mm. at a moment of, of victory, even if it's, um, you know... <laughs> It, it, it probably brings him just a little bit of joy to know that he just got one last punch in at, at Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually the subsequent scene in the locker room that is, that is the reason that this episode is my favorite um, with Keely coming in and just not saying a word, mm. doesn't say a word the entire, but Roy is, you know, get out of here. I don't. And for the first time, I think ever, maybe since Roy was a kid, He's allowed to be vulnerable and he's supported and it's such a nice tender moment between them and you see how and why their relationship really works. And to me, that was one of the most beautiful scenes of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, that's, that's that's the reason, I think. Uh, I have my own I have my own grumpy Gus Roy Kent, so <laughs> I really identified with it. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. Larry, what about you? <laughs> uh uh, yeah, the, I mean, the, the fact that it's Sam that gets to Roy mm. and we know I mean, Sam is the heart of the team. He is a, he, the, he, he's the heart he, and him essentially dropping Roy back down. And Roy's like, what? He, he just wants to get up and go. Um, and making him listen. But then that what i noticed on this uh one juno temple craig you've said it before on the show she does not get the credit she deserves um her walking in i mean just the the way they frame her in the door 
and Roy, even this little moment, and it made, but as Roy's coming in and taking his shirt off, he is burying himself. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time with, as Nicole was saying, probably the first time in, in forever, he is literally burying himself to another person. She comes in, he barks at her. She moves closer, he barks again. He is an injured animal, and she is trying to approach this injured, wounded animal who is only growling to protect himself. And when he realizes she's not going away, he finally relents Mm. and allows her to hold him and to allows him to be somebody that he can't be with anybody else and has never been allowed to be um i mean it's just small and safe and and he just can be roy he doesn't have to be roy kent and it's an absolutely a, a Goldstein and and Temple just own this episode, and it's it's it is the scene of of the show. Um, see, old Farts <laughs> McGee here can actually get real tender. Yeah, can't he? Is. Look at that! I think it was just oh, an act and you just didn't to even, do that to us guys. You didn't even take your shirt off for us, though. No. I mean, oh. <laughs> no, I I, I, I can I, cry I, while I do it. I like you all said it perfectly the the relationship that is forming between Keely and Roy here but I I do want to focus a moment on our boy Tahid Jamo and mm. and Sam in repaying that to Roy and that relationship that has been forming over season one and will continue to form as Roy becomes Sam's coach in season two it's just uh, wonderful to see that kind of payback immediately uh, because we did just get that it was that in the two aces episode I believe uh, that we saw that uh, Sam was hurt and on the ground and and Roy kind of walked him through what to do uh, on the I mean I think it was way I think it was way earlier than that maybe I think I want to say like five episode five maybe tan lines it could no it was tan lines because that's when jamie leaves yeah to be fair way earlier (laughs) tan lines is episode five episode five and two aces is episode six five episodes ago your definition of way earlier might be different than my definition of yeah absolutely earlier okay well let's get to the end of this because it is one of the most uplifting and devastating things to have ever happened um you know as they are still down one nothing as roy leaves the field uh everybody in the stadium gets the same score update that crystal palace has in fact won six nil and that now a tie is all that richmond needs to stay in the premier league um and so now the focus shifts we need to score a goal and stop this time um i i do absolutely love that they call out the just epidemic of soccer players who act like they're gravely injured and then just pop right back up um, which happens all the damn time um not quite as you know blatant as it is in this one but it does seem like that sometimes um but of course they call the lasso special which is a modified uh 
I guess football, American football pass blocking <laughs> Ted's scheme. Going, I didn't even tell him to call it. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even tell him to call it. But so hey, great. it works. Uh, we got Zero doing a long pass to Sam over on the right wing, and he crosses it beautifully to Danny Rojas, who is wide open for the goal. Um, it is ecstatic. Everyone is going nuts. But of course, you do not stop playing in soccer. Jamie Tart, of all people, figures this out and goes on the run. And as he's nearing the goal, he does what he's never done before. He makes the extra pass and Man City ends up winning this game 2-1. to one. Richmond is defeated. They are being relegated to the Championship League. And probably one of the most unexpected musical cuts of uh, anything I've ever heard in my life, but Marcus Mumford singing You'll Never Walk Alone from uh, Carousel. The musical Carousel. The musical Carousel, <laughs> which it's, it's written for like a, um, like a mega soprano um, in, in the musical, and just hearing this really low-key take on it. And if I remember right, I think he wrote this for the pandemic. It was like a fundraiser for the pandemic um, when it first started, and it is so gutting and it's just, it hits you right here the entire time. There's so many things, uh, so many um, looks of heartbreak, the players on the field. Um, but also key among this time though, is like when Ted is walking back to the locker room, he sees Jamie sitting seemingly by himself in a visitor's room. And we learn that he's not by himself. His dad throws some boots at him. Jamie's dad throws boots at him and starts yelling at him about how he shouldn't have passed. And he didn't raise someone who'd pass in that moment. And I only mentioned it because this comes back again in one of Ted's panic attacks. He hears this dialogue in season two. Um, you know, obviously the father son dynamic is so big in season too but this is of course where Jamie and Ted lock eyes and I think this is what you know makes Ted do what he does Um, we get this amazing amazing speech um, from Ted about there is something worse than being sad which is being sad and being alone I get all emotional when I even think about it Um, but the team you know kind of resolves to go on through Ted's words. Um, And then as we move all the way on to the end, Ted is expecting Rebecca to fire him, but um, she says, Nope, we've got stuff to do. Um, So we got to get, we got to get to work immediately. And uh, Ted of course does the spit take on Nana's face, um, which is fantastic. And as true to season two, which starts and ends on Nate's face out of season one, start starts and ends on Rebecca's face. So uh, I think it's always the character that goes through the biggest change in the season season is uh, what that is all about. But um, all right, lots to go through there, guys. Open forum here. Uh, Craig, why don't you start us off? What do you want to call out in the finale of this uh, of this episode? Well, you went through so much there, but I mean, it, it's everything because, of course, we see that Rojas is going to score on Sam's extra pass because that's, again, the lasso way, and that's what this trick play is going to be set up to do. But then we also see Jamie make that extra pass, something that is then uh, repaid to us when Beard gives the note to Jamie on the bus as yeah. they're leaving Man City, which includes the Army Man as well. But I do want to mention something that you uh, didn't mention it's a small thing that happens, but again, it's the writers in my mind humanizing some of the characters that we in a normal comedy or a normal drama might automatically think of as the villains and think less of. And that's when Michelle sends a picture of mm-hmm. uh, Henry's robot to Ted, texts it immediately to him, no context, nothing. Just she knows she was watching this game. This is someone that they they're going through this divorce together, but uh, she's still there for him when he needs her. Right. And so I I thought that that was really like just an extra 
pinch of hope that we get in that relationship as well, um, because I'm someone that is really sympathetic to Michelle Lasso in throughout this entire uh, show that we've seen and her interactions with Ted all the way through this point, and especially in that episode of Tanlines, which happens to be my favorite episode. But uh, so much about the speech is perfect, and I'm sure we are going to talk about that in the, the future segments here in Tedisms. Um, but I love the one of the last lines that we get in this whole season and it's references to the future as well. So just a, a perfect encapsulation because what it does, this show subverts again, what were our expectations are mm-hmm. we're thinking, okay, they were just relegated. So now the cliffhanger ending is going to be as lasso fired or is lasso going to be removed. And they take that extra scene to go, Nope, Rebecca goes, you're going to be back here next season. We got work to do, you know? So they're not going to leave that hanging. Like, because everybody knows the show's called Ted lasso. They're not going to fire <laughs> the guy. Right. If they renew it for next a second season, season. Beard. But so many, <laughs> right, exactly. But so many shows take that, like they would have not necessarily it would have been the taken that yeah. moment to say, no, you're back. We got work to do. And again, that's subverting our expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Larry, what about you? What do you want to call out here with the ending? Well, uh, again, we go back to Sam, you know, Ted goes to Sam and asks him, you know, what should we be? And Sam is just, just a ray of freaking sunshine (laughs) in that locker room. I mean, everyone else is, is hanging their heads, but, but Sam just grins from ear to ear. Also, one of my favorite parts of the, of that the very final scene is Ted is coming in, and Higgins is leaving, and we find out his first name is Leslie, mm-hmm. and he just stops. <laughs> I didn't know your name was Leslie. I'm what's known as a feminine, feminine junior. junior. <laughs> <laughs> ah, cool is the only thing that Ted says. It's great. Ah, cool. Yeah. But it's just it's a great little moment of levity after we've had all this this heaviness um right before we get to well you know we know ted's coming in to talk to rebecca what's gonna happen and and of course then they ended on a moment of hopefulness um which is what this show this show is so cool uh at doing so yeah absolutely nicole uh I remember watching the, you know, the first go around, um, just really feeling the hope of, holy shit, they're going to pull this off. Yeah. They're going to tie. <laughs> yeah, it, oh it's my a God. hell of a switch. Gutted. Just yeah. gutted. And it, it was worse the second time around because I <laughs> knew what was coming. Just, I was just like, no, maybe this time it'll be different. Um, and then uh, just the, the beautiful juxtaposition of Ted getting that supportive text from Michelle. Yeah. And then immediately seeing Jamie just being torn down at what should have been one of the happiest moments, you know, in a win. It, it just, the, the up and down, the seesaw of emotions was just so wonderful. And it just didn't stop um, mm-hmm. until the end. And, and just that moment of hope of, no, Ted, you're coming back. You're, we're going to do this. We're going to. You know, we're going to, we have hope. We still have hope, a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, uh, funny story. So I went to go see Friday Night Lights with Anna. It was like one of those like movie nights on campus. I went to go visit her at Iowa State. And so we're seeing this movie for the first time. And oh, it's a no. sports movie, right? And so <laughs> I, 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 st- I turn over to Anna and I go, 
Anna, wouldn't it be funny if one of these sports movies, the the motivational sports movies at the end, that the team doesn't win? And spoiler alert to the Friday right Night one. Lights, uh, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so at the end of the game, the team loses. And I was like, Anna, that wasn't funny at all. <laughs> and I love that. I also love that, like they give you a postscript to that to that movie, and it's like the next season the team went on to win the state championship. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, why did they do the movie on that team? Like, What's Screw going you on? Here? Yeah. You know? Why did we get that movie? So, you know. Anyway, I'm, I'm right there with you, Nicole. Like it, it gutted me watching this again and experiencing that loss that they have. Yeah, and I again, I want to call out the editors here. I think this was a AJ's episode, if I remember right. Um, this was the episode AJ won. AJ won, for. won, his, won his Emmy, Emmy for. for this episode, um, and it's because after this loss they linger on the faces of the people so, for just the perfect amount of time here. They cut from the players to the fans, to Rebecca, to the fans, to Rupert, to the fans, to the crowd. It, it, it literally does show you, and it, it kind of relays one of Rebecca's lines earlier in this game where she says, I forgot how stressful this game is when you give a shit. And it really is that point of just like when you do root for a team and you have such hope that, you know, this is it. We can do it. We're right there. We just got the tie and everything. And you're right when it just gets snatched from you right there at the last second. And I don't like all the extras that are in this sequence are perfect because they all like show that pain in their faces so much. And even like I said, Rupert, when he's just watching the TV, it's not, you know, it doesn't look like a calculating thing with what he's going to do with buying West Ham in season two. It's literally, he's devastated too. Like he can't believe that they lost that game um, when it was right there. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things that every time I come back to it, it's just, uh, there and yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention the army man because when I first watched this, when Mumford's going up for the big ending of that song and Jamie pulls out that army man, I was literally just bawling. I, I literally was crying like when I watched that because I was like, that is such a amazingly beautiful moment. Um, and it is, you know, Jamie like when Beard comes up to him, he's acting all tough because he just got railed on by his father again. And that, as he told us in two aces, that was to make him tough, you know, like, you know, he said he was always going to be that way. And to see Phil just let that emotion come over him, even in the smallest way on that bus, when he sees that, I think this is the beginning of course, of the redemption of Jamie Tart. So, um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful ending here to a wonderful show. I knew the second this episode ended, I was like, I'm going to love this show forever, no matter what. I can't believe they did what they did there. Um, so, yeah. Whew. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Is everyone okay? Hey, well, everyone hey, I right. think so. <laughs> oh, go ahead. One thing that I wanted to put, I'm sorry, I'm playing with my my fiddly fingers um did you know that there's poppet things now yes my son I, yeah. I, I i took him to i took him to a local sporting goods store and he oh, was wow. like i need a poppet and i was like what the what the hell's a poppet and apparently that's the new fidgety thing i had no yeah. idea quite big, the, the, just that this is a rubber band that uh, is also for fidgety fingers there like <laughs> uh some of us adhd kids uh but what i was going to point out is we get ted at the very end uh using profanity and yeah. which always means something when Ted does it yeah. like with, with Roy, Roy's an artisan of profanity. Yes. He, He's a Michelangelo. He uses, <laughs> yes. And he uses it. Uh, he uses it so often. And, and it's, so when Roy does it, it doesn't have as much impact. You giggle at it and you go, Oh, that was, that was creative use. But when <laughs> Ted does it, you go, Oh, 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 Ted, Ted said the F word. Oh, Ted means it. And that's that was the 
I really, I liked how they wove that in because he, he does so rarely curse. He always finds a more creative way of doing it. And uh, so when he, he did it at the end of, of this episode, I was like, Oh, nice. Well done. Well done. Mm-hmm. Writer's room. Yes, very much so. Um, all right, folks, we've waded through the craziness, through the sadness. Is it time to bring out Larry Smith? I was about to say, I don't know. Should we do a live reading before we do the drop, or do, should we just do the drop and let Larry lip sync to it? I don't know. I'm open to either here. You guys tell me what you want. You, <laughs> I'm well, just your dancing how about, bear. How about Sam Elliott introduces the Tedisms theme song? How about yeah, that? Why don't you? Uh, I want. I want. I want Sam. I want Larry Smith to introduce <laughs> Sam Elliott. Larry Smith, who will then introduce Larry Smith doing Tedisms. The line. Are you ready? You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. I love okay. this already. Uh, we're going to need to renegotiate my contract. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, you, just get ready uh, for your voiceover uh, of the evening. Um, it is Larry Smith as Sam Elliott introducing the Tedism section with Larry Smith as Sam Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> This is, oh, see, I'm grinning. You can't grin. You got to tilt your head a little bit, too. All right. All right. Saddle up, buckaroos, because here comes the segment where I talk about tedisms. <laughs> Tedism. For each week, we share biscuits of truth. Um, I love how no you have to get so close to the mic when you're Sam Elliott. <laughs> you I do. Love- you gotta and you gotta tilt your head a little bit and let things you just growl it out. Can you say the dude abides for me? <laughs> Hold on, I can't do it when I'm giggling. <laughs> yeah. <No. I> <laughs> the, Cause you gotta get the girl. Oh, there it is. All right, you gotta find it. The dude abides. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, you right, got you to gotta get close because you got to get the rumble. You got to get the rumble right in the mic. Excellent. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, folks, it's Tedism's time where we do our favorite quotes of the episode. Uh, who's got one they want to throw out here? Nicole, you got one locked and loaded? I love uh, if God wanted games to end in a tie, she wouldn't have invented numbers. All right. There you go. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful insight into Ted. I also think that's not the first time he's made mention of God being a she either in this season, which is fantastic. Is. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's done that before as well. Craig, you got one for me? Uh, yeah. You know, Larry actually said it earlier and I was going to yell at him about taking my Tedism, but I got to say it again. And it's when Roy is saying, this is why it's hard to love you. And then Ted goes, Ooh, you heard it right. And then Beard goes, <laughs> he loves you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's pretty good. Larry, you got one? Um, it, yes, it's when they are, <laughs> when they are in the, uh, talking about, uh, uh, relegation and he's, you know, they, he gets asked, do they not have relegation in America? Oh, no, 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 no. They play out the rest of the schedule going through the motions and meaningless games contested in lifeless half empty stadiums. And every, <laughs> and everyone's pretty much fine with that. Yeah. And coach beard with, yeah, 
It's yeah, dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> no, it's like the way that like Hunt like says it's dumb is like it's so matter of fact because it is, guys. It really is. Like teams could just be so mediocre and nothing happens. And it's really, really stupid. Um I I, I just hate it so much. Um one of one of mine's pretty stupid, but I love that at the end when Jamie's uh in the scene with the table when he's trying to like insult Roy as he walks away saying that she has to feed him mushy peas and he just looks <laughs> He's like, no, now I want mushy peas. <laughs> I just thought that was like such a great subversion. It's like, again, it's showing so much growth in Roy. Like he doesn't care anymore. Like he's just going to roll with it. So I loved that one. Anybody else? Nicole, any more? It is a long one, but it's the one that just at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I want you to be grateful that you're going through the sad moment with all these other folks, mm. because I promise you there's something worse out there than being sad. And that is being alone and being sad. Ain't nobody in this room alone. Mm. That that uh, that was that's the one I was gonna do next too, and I gotta tell uh, you, no, sorry no, no, to take it. no, I'm I'm perfectly fine with it because I I could never hear it enough. Like I I cannot believe that those words were written because it's just like there's so much truth <laughs> like just dripping off of that, and the fact that it comes after a loss like that, it's extra devastating. Like uh, I I think that might be one of the best lines I've ever heard <laughs> on a TV show mm-hmm. or any line ever. Um, Craig, you got any more? I only have one tattoo. Um, and I've thought about like, I'm not a, uh, go and get a tattoo for a TV show guy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, game of Thrones fans out there with uh dragon queen, uh, tattoo that might be regretting that later on. But the one thing I will say is, uh, I will say that onward forward is mm. something that I have used several times in my, uh, life after the show. You know, that whole idea of just moving onward, moving forward, and it's it's the uh, punctuation that comes along with it. It's onward, period, forward, period. You know, it's that, it's that idea of moving forward and moving forward as a team, and I absolutely love that idea that, uh, that Ted gives us moving forward. Yeah, lots it, of Ted, it, lots of Ted Tedisms in this yeah. in this particular episode. It also it also helps that that's a paraphrase of Walt Disney's uh, old uh, old adage for you. So shut up, <laughs> come on, you're bringing up my Disneyness. <laughs> Larry, any more from you? Um, so many. Um, <laughs> Great, let's lay them on, man. When when um Isaac tosses the 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 chair, did you almost you almost d- did this one, but if we toss it in the the chair hits the TV, breaks, and they come over to him and goes, oops, isn't it? And that, and Roy's response was, well said. Well said. And I love just that, oops, isn't it? Well said. And you could, yeah. oh, just that bonding between those two freaking apes. I loved it. Yeah. There's, there's also a great Isaac one. I don't know if you were going to say this one, but when he says, like, to count to 12, when they're in the circle. And I'm pretty sure he skips seven. And there's and a look on 12, Ted's yeah. face yeah. like when he skips it, that's just like a what? <laughs> yeah, it's the twist of the head. Oh my god. It reminds me of the office when like they're uh, revealing the Christmas tree and Dwight starts the countdown at 30. <laughs> it's like, why did you do that? <laughs> oh man, that moment crushed me so much. <laughs> it's like it's so great. Any more, Larry? Uh <laughs> when uh, Ted and Beard are in the uh they're in the 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 pub discussing uh relegation and the chat and he turns and he's he's like it's it's 20 what do you say it's 2020 let's just call them cigarettes 
<laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love that one too. Straight in the middle of a conversation that we don't need to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Craig, Nicole, any more? I have one I think I can save for the end unless uh, anybody else has one. Is it Rebecca's Nicole, at the you end? Got something? It's, well, it might be Ted talking to Rebecca at the end. Okay, I got Rebecca's at the end, so just saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, it was the first, uh, you know, do you know why this whistle is sad? Because it's never been blown. Is that the same reason? Colin is sad. Colin is sad. It's just that dig, that poke, and a good dick joke. It's just funny. It is It is on its own in a vacuum. A very good joke, <laughs> as, as dick jokes go. Um, Nate Dog, you haven't been fired. It's much worse. You've been, been promoted. promoted. <laughs> no, I'll only call out, um, I do love Rebecca's line where she talks about what they're going to do, um, you know, we can never do, which is win the whole fucking thing. And I love that because... This whole storyline of season one is a is an ape on the Major League movie. And, of course, that is one of the best lines from the Major League movie because when that team, the Cleveland Indians, find out what their owner is doing, the catcher and the leader of the team stands up as they're all depressed and he says there's only one thing left to do, win the whole fucking thing. So I love that there's just this little connection here. It had to be that way. They had to be making a connection there. So that's but my last I one. But I do need to at least, I, and I know you uh, recently rewatched this film this episode for this episode because of course you would rewatch it before you uh oh, broke sure. it down but sure. yeah, yeah, i yeah. will say that that actually is uh from ted ted says next uh... year we'll go and get ourselves a promotion which looks good on any resume then we come back to this league and do something that no one believes we can ever do win the whole fucking thing don't know and where my head uh, is at man that's how we end up other than the spit take that's the last thing that we get out of this episode and i gotta tell you man i don't like it when mommy and daddy fight i'll be <laughs> honest with you it is it has been uh, a heck of a ride since july jeremy going through all these episodes Indeed. and um it's incredible to think that the next time we talk an episode and do an episode recap, oh. it will be one that we have never seen before. And that uh, it'll be kind of like reintroducing season three to us all. And it's, it's been a, a heck of a time tonight getting to have the chat going, getting to have people. I drew a robot. <laughs> oh, look at you. Larry did draw a robot. That, that's a good robot. No notes. I like it. No notes on the robot and the delivery <laughs> and the timing. No notes. <laughs> I love it. I was I hoping it. that somebody was going to, do ted's speech to his son like the whole thing <laughs> I and know, i was right? geared up i was sitting here and i was i'm drawing and i'm listening because again that's the way but then i was just waiting for somebody to do that speech so i could pop in and go i drew a robot <laughs> it's, that's a that's a badass robot i feel like you need to, that to is, sign, need that to and, uh, sign that and that's sign. like uh, john Dude, that Garcia should be our next giveaway art. larry yeah. sign that thing and we're gonna give that away to somebody in this group yeah some other number but uh no that actually that's a really good reminder just that the, yeah. the community and the people that have been listening to this show and the people that were involved tonight and everything else, it, it's so incredible <laughs> because, you know, Jeremy and I have been podcasting for seven years. And I think this show, more than any other show we've done, has had such an engagement and involvement from people watching it. Mm. And we appreciate that so, so much. I mean, look at look at John Garcia. We started up a Facebook page. He said on his own, it hits this number. He's going to give away some of his art. And then he's he's going to come up with a way to give it away. And how does he do that? He decides he's going to do a charity drawing. So he wants you to donate to charity to be able to get into the drawing. And I mean, like, it's just the the community that this show has built 
uh, is absolutely better than anything out there on the internet. I would put it up against any other TV show that's streaming or otherwise right now, and it's going to have a lasting impact moving forward. And it's just been kick-ass getting to cover this all with you, Jer. It's been fun. Yeah, you know, it hasn't sucked. Uh, I will say that. Um, that's usually my litmus test for everything. Um, but yeah, echo all you said. Uh, go to the Facebook group. Donate to all those worthy charities. Get those drawings. Uh Win some drawings, win some amazing drawings and artwork, people. Um, but yeah, this has been a total blast uh, doing this. I can't wait to do the rest of it with you guys. Um, Nicole, Larry, you guys got anything to plug? Larry, tell people where you're going to be doing comedy. That's what I want to know, man. Like, where, oh, yeah, where, uh, where, what's coming up, man? And you just went to Wisconsin. How much beer did you bring me back? Yeah, you got some new Glarus in your trunk for me, or hey. You know what, boss? Don't, don't don't ruin your surprise. Oh, 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 oh sure, sure, sure. I did subtly. I I did. I think you you had said you were in uh, Wisconsin in one of our message threads, and I did say something like, "Enjoy a new Glarus on me," yeah. and that might have been my way of being like, <laughs> "Hey, you're in Wisconsin." Oh my god. <laughs> don't you know oh. what? Now now we're just. Uh, did he or didn't he? It's going to be a real. It is going to be. It's going to be a question mark out there for sure. Yeah, but uh, uh, where am I? Uh, Kelowna this Saturday okay. at a place called Greece. I don't even. I, I am in Kelowna, Illinois. Wherever there's comedy in Kelowna, Illinois, that's where that's I where am. Larry Smith. Um, you can also check out LarrySmithComedy.com which there's apparently two Larry Smiths that are comedians and we both Ooh. have somehow he's got Larry Smith comedy.com slash Wix. I'm just Larry Smith comedy.com. I feel like uh, there's a Highlander situation that has to happen here. There, I'm going to kill this guy. Um, <laughs> on the internet, on the internet with numbers yes, with, with, so that with I'm the, the best search. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, at Poundsmith2 on social media. Uh, that's where you find me. And then all my links and stuff are, are there. And where else am I going to be? There's like, I've got shows. I don't know. <laughs> it's on my website. That's why you have a website. So you don't have to remember all these pesky things, man. Oh, also, I get it. Should pull, yeah, convince me with Larry Smith. probably plug your podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. like, you know. Yeah, no, no. I'm, hold, not, I, I, I'm just saying, you know, we've got Kieran here in Australia. He wants a copy of your robot. And yeah. I don't know if he's going to visit you in Kelowna, Illinois, but he might be able to check out Convince Me with Larry Smith. Yeah, check out Convince Me with Larry Smith <laughs> right here on the Front Row Network in NPR, mm. Illinois. You know, can I do, you want me to do the end? Check out Convince Me with Larry Smith right here on the Front Row Network in NPR. Illinois. You know what? That uh, deserves a DJ air horn for you. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. If we're doing that. Oh, we got more. There. Yeah. Oh, he's got the lights going. He's got the lights going. Um, Perfect for the audio podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> but we're live streaming, you smart aleck. Also, um, but yeah, we'll be actually putting out some new episodes coming up soon for Convince Me with Larry Smith. We've done some awesome episodes um, in the past with some really cool guests uh also um my other other podcast zig and larry ignore a topic not on this network for very good reasons um we can convince him to do many things that is not one of them Um. yeah yeah but uh we uh we it's exactly what it sounds like we just ignore a topic so i made this joke last time but uh one of my favorite episodes to convince me of larry smith checks feed 
Oh, Craig McFarland was McFarlane. on that show. Yeah, so Craig maybe, McFarland was maybe, on there. Maybe go and check that out. No, you have you've had some really great guests. It's a, a really awesome show, and I definitely suggest that people go because I love your uh, way of just bringing us into the conversation immediately. And it's one of those shows that's very lightly edited in the fact that like it's just the conversation that you're having with your buddies and talking comedy. And I, I love that 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 aspect of how you bring your show. Uh, speaking of shows to plug, uh, as I mentioned, we are going to take next week off. That's the plan. But but we are going to continue to bring content through peanut butter and biscuits. However, I do have my Disney show beyond the mouse. We will be continuing to release episodes every Friday. So if you're into Disney at all, you can go back and, and check out any of those episodes. Actually this Friday, the same day that this will be released for podcast listeners. I talked to a couple of people that just ran the Walt Disney world marathon. And we talk all things run Disney because um, I've been kind of getting into running myself. That's so right. I, really enjoy that conversation. And I hope that you can check that out for sure. And check out everything else on the Front Row Network. We've got a lot of really fun things happening uh, from the network. And so definitely go and see everything you can at nprillinois.org, or you can check out just the Front Row Network on any of the social medias as well. Yeah, absolutely. We, it is. Uh, the Oscars are releasing their nominees tomorrow morning. We will be doing comprehensive coverage as we do every single year on the Front Row Network. And of course, we have an article coming out pretty soon from our correspondent out in California, Ethan Fan. He recently uh, went and uh, did the Sundance Film Festival because he's a freaking film maniac and uh, he's going to give you his full report on what he saw out there. So um, lots of really cool stuff there. But as always, folks, thank you again. You want to get in touch with us, frontrowlasso at gmail.com. Find Peanut Butter and Biscuits, the Facebook group, um, and of course, PBBFRN um, on Twitter. Um, I don't think I have anything else, guys. It's been an hour and a half. It's been a blast, um, and I cannot wait to see where it else. So now, like the last time we did this live, I'm going to see how quickly and how accurately I can time up this outro music. So let's all just do this together, shall we, folks? It's going to be fine. It is going to be fine. <laughs> we're talking about it. We're, we're, we're talking, talking about, about it. We're talking you about know, really, it. Really, though, uh, we've got some really cool content coming your way. Uh, Kieran just mentioned, by the way, he wants to have a chat about mental health and Ted Lasso. That'd be a fun topic. If you have a topic for the show you want to hear, uh, send it to frontrowlasso at gmail.com. Nicole and Larry, you two are the bomb. You are yes. the best. Bomb. Thank you. Com, guys. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, for Peanut Butter and Biscuits and the Front Row Network, I'm Jeremy Geckner. I'm Craig McFarland. I'm Larry Smith. I'm Nicole Sylvester. And as always, everyone, be a goldfish. Just like Sam said, be a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the front row network a proud community voices member of national public radio illinois for more from the front row network including our articles or our other dozens of shows visit the frontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash front row network you can also find us on social media by searching for the front row network on facebook youtube and instagram and on twitter at front row reviews with a z